The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, Many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadek. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head-on and courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadek. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadek, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The topic for today is Loving Kindness, a Radical Offering. I've been learning a lot about the radical nature of loving kindness, and I'm calling it radical because... Although it's something I've been very willing to offer to just about everyone, I haven't really spent a lot of energy offering it to myself. And I think I've been on a journey towards this for the past few years, but I'm starting to see it in a different light these days. I wanted to share with you some of what I've been learning. But let's begin as we have been these past weeks by spending a few minutes just sitting, breathing, getting present, and coming into our bodies and into the present moment before we begin. And I've been hesitant to use the word meditation because I've always thought that it's not very corporately palatable or people will think something weird or religious about it, and I'm less worried about that today. So let's call it what it is. Let's sit together and meditate for a few moments. It's always fun to try and do this on the radio. So I'll be talking a little bit more than would be if you were doing this by yourself. But what I want is to give you a framework and a practice that you can take in, take on, and put into use in your own life. So let's begin by uncrossing your legs, allowing your feet to rest on the floor, If you're in a place where you can take off your shoes and let your feet actually touch the floor, that's even better. And sitting up straight in your chair. So the idea is not to be so rigid that you're stiff and and, um, that it hurts, but is to sit in an upright and dignified position. So your spine is straight and your chest is open and soft. Your shoulders are rolled down. Your hands are resting, palms facing down on your thighs. And you can bring your eyes to a close if that feels comfortable, or you can try something that I've been learning lately, and that is to just lower your gaze so your eyes are sort of half shut, 
and have your eyes looking about four to six feet in front of you on the floor. It's not a focused gaze at the floor. It's more of a soft gaze. So you're not focused on any particular thing, but just looking in that direction. Good. And now let's just take a few breaths together. And there's nothing special to do here except to just keep your awareness on your breath. So breathing in and breathing out in your own rhythm and pace. So if I'm breathing slower than you are, don't worry about it. Just stay with your own pace of breath. And breathing in and breathing out. And as we sit here together, just take a moment to feel your bottom on the chair, or if you're sitting on the floor, to feel your bottom on the floor. Just really let your body sink into, without slouching or losing your posture, but let your your weight relax and be held by the seat or the floor. Good. And we're going to practice what I've been talking about so far on this show, loving kindness. So I want you to begin as we sit here breathing together by offering loving kindness to yourself. To just let this sense of kindness and loving and gentleness be applied to you. Thanking yourself for all that you do all that you take care of, all of those whom you support, for all of that caring, offer some of that caring and that loving kindness back to yourself. It may be that this is new for you. Maybe like me, you spend a lot of your time offering energy to all the others around you. If so, just enjoy the novel experience of offering some of that loving kindness to yourself. And I know it sounds sort of silly, but imagine that you're putting your your energetic arms, so you don't have to do this with your own arms, although you can if you want, that you're just wrapping your arms around yourself energetically and giving yourself a hug and saying, yeah, thanks. You did a great job. You've been there for others. And this is your moment to offer some of that kindness to yourself. Good. Yeah. And now, begin to bring up in your mind's eye those whom you love. Maybe your spouse, your children, your family members, your parents, siblings, nieces, nephews, cousins anyone in your closest circle of beloved ones, bring them up into your mind's eye. And as you see them, offer this loving kindness that you have filled yourself with to them. Just send them love. Imagine that it's like a light that's radiating out of you or perhaps like your arms are wrapping around these beloved ones and offering this loving kindness to them. Good. 
and smiling, expand that circle beyond your closest loved ones to the next circle out. If you imagine yourself standing in the middle of a series of concentric circles, we're in the next biggest circle, which is those whom you have relationship with. Could be teachers or students or coworkers or your boss or colleagues, customers. Just imagine yourself extending this, this care and good wishes and this loving kindness to that circle of community that you belong to. Might be your neighbors. And imagine that you are infusing them with this, this, this light and energy of caring and compassion, wishing good things for them. And now take it even further. Go beyond those whom you know and those with whom you are acquainted to perhaps everybody in your city, everyone in the country, and maybe, maybe even everyone on the planet. And just see if you can extend that loving kindness to every being, every human being, every animal being. Go with whatever's comfortable for you. It can be challenging to imagine sending love to strangers if that's not something you've been in the habit of. But give it a try. See how it feels. Good. And now we'll begin to bring this, these moments of meditation to a close. So bringing your awareness back into your own body, start by just gently wiggling your fingers and toes, feeling your feet on the floor, maybe tapping your feet up and down a little bit, um, moving your, your, the trunk of your body in the seat just to feel yourself sitting in this chair or on the floor or wherever you are. And rolling your shoulders up and back and just moving your body in whatever way feels good to you. Maybe giving a big stretch. And when you feel ready, just gently open your eyes. Thank you for being willing to spend those few minutes practicing loving kindness. I've been really good at practicing loving kindness to others, but not so good at practicing it with myself. Here's how it can look. Um, I, I can spend energy helping everyone, loving everyone, smiling at everyone, having something to say to everyone, and then noticing that at the end of the day, I'm utterly exhausted. I'm spent I haven't done the things that I need to do to um, take care of myself. And I feel like a bit of a broken record here because I've been advocating for this for a long time. If you listen to some of my previous shows, I've talked about self-care as a leadership imperative. I've, I've talked about, um, you know, being good to yourself, meeting your simple basic needs and all of that energy that I have offered to all of you in terms of uh, guidance and invitation and teaching in this realm. I'm finding myself face to face with the reality that I don't do such a good job of offering it to myself. So I thought I'd share some of my reflections with you 
on this uh, that have sort of come to the light over the past few weeks. I was in Denver with some friends, some colleagues. We were working on something new that we are developing that I'll be telling you about uh, as soon as I have some dates and some and some locations for you. I'll be giving you more information about that. And as we were together, we were spending a lot of time just being quiet, being still, uh, meditating and other sort of uh, practices that allow us to tap into uh, our own wisdom, our own innate wisdom, as well as to connect to the sources of wisdom that we all have access to. Uh, some people call this spirit, some people call it God, some people connect to the earth. I'm one of the more earthy ones. But whatever your source of energy and um, inspiration is, we were spending a lot of time very intentionally connecting to that. And one of the things that came up for me is I realized that uh, I'm very reluctant to cause harm. Uh, it's, it kind of comes with the territory of this loving kindness. Uh, I don't want to cause harm. And in my misguided attempt to not cause harm out there, I end up causing um, some harm in here to myself. So that was the was one kind of awakening that I had was, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't want to hurt anybody else. So I kind of um, just give them the good stuff and kind of keep all the bad stuff for me. Any of the harshness or criticism or, or things that I'm feeling, you know, um, unhappy about, I just turn those in on myself. Almost like a, a self-punishing kind of way of operating. Like all the good stuff I have is for everyone else and there's nothing good left for me. So that was one thing. The other thing that I noticed recently was that I, um, well, I was thinking about this last week. I was in a workshop here at the University of Toronto. It was a creative writing workshop and it was called Meditation and Creative Writing. And just the title alone would make me sign up for anything like that because I love meditating and I love creative writing. And what I found was that it was very hard, very, very hard to sit quietly. We spent a lot of time sitting in meditation. We spent a lot of time silently, not speaking with each other. And although I welcomed the silence, I found the sitting almost intolerable. It was as if I was so addicted to all this loving kindness that I send out there that it was very, very um, difficult to kind of offer it to myself. So if you notice that today when we were practicing just for those few minutes, you'll know what I am talking about. I, I felt so antsy. I felt like I had to jump up out of my seat and I just didn't want to sit. I felt like I was meditating for the first time, even though it's something that I've been practicing for many years. And I started to write. I mean, that was the other part of why we were there was to let this um, silence inform our writing and to write from, from the silence. And I'm going to read something that I wrote to you, but I'm going to do that when we come back from the break because it's a little bit long and I want to, um, I want to read it all in one go. So we'll, we'll start that when we come back from the break. But when, um, but, but suffice it to say that I was starting to learn that um, there are certain legends and goddesses and uh, beings that people talk about in different traditions that uh, embody this quality of loving kindness and this quality of compassion. That is something that I uh, am really good at 
embodying an offering to anyone other than myself. So I want to read to you what I wrote about that. And I will do that when we come back from the break. Um, maybe this is a good time for me to say that I've also been uh, working on creating more structures in my own life that allow me some space and time to take care of myself and rest and restore. So even though I haven't been particularly good at this, I am on the journey. I am getting better at it. And so uh, you might be starting to see some of what I've been doing out there. You might be noticing that there are uh, some articles that I've been sharing. You might be noticing, if you're one of my clients, that I've put a bit more structure in place so that you can be responsible for your coaching and making sure that you get the coaching, that you get the times that you want. Um, and just being a little bit more firm about how I'm going to operate. So I'm excited about these changes and I'm, I'm also anxious about these changes at times, but they've been, they've been going well and I welcome your feedback if you've been experiencing any of it. If you've seen any of the articles on LinkedIn that I've been writing or on Facebook, um, I also have a new Facebook page, Anjali Leadership. So check it out. Uh, like, like me on Facebook and, uh, you'll receive all of what I've been putting out there. So we are going to take a break when we come back. More on loving kindness, a radical offering on stories from the heart of leadership. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. to stories from the heart of leadership if you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program please send shamin an email her email address is shamin at anjali leadership.com that's s-h-a-h-m-e-e-n at a-n-j-a-l-i leadership.com now back to stories from the heart of leadership Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shamin, and our topic today is Loving Kindness, a Radical Offering. So I was telling you earlier in the show that I took a course last week where we did some meditation and we did some writing, and I was learning about one of the goddesses. Um, now, if this is sort of weird and out there for you, that that's okay. Uh, it's kind of new for me, too. I've been learning about 
a goddess called Guan Yin, or also known as Quan Yin. So it depends what tradition you're speaking from, um, but these names are very similar. So I'm going to go with Guan Yin, because that's the way it was introduced to me, who is the goddess of mercy and compassion. And uh, she uh, is in some of the Buddhist um, legends. Uh, it is said that she um, she was uh, she was going to ascend to heaven. She was she was um, she had sort of uh, been released from the, the the bonds of having to be human because she had lived a good life or lived good lives. And but when she was on her way to heaven, she realized that uh, she could hear the unhappy beings on the earth. She could hear the cries of the earth or the cries of the world, of the humans and the beings on the world. And that uh, made her decide to give up that option of of uh, moving on to whatever was next for her and to actually staying on earth to, to meet these needs or to um, heal these needs or to aid in the healing of these needs of people on earth. So it really resonated with me when I learned a little bit more about her because I think that I'm kind of like that. Uh, I'm not saying that I was going to ascend to some uh, some some state that's beyond humanhood. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. But I think the desire to serve and to and to aid in the healing of the people and beings on the earth is certainly something that uh, feels like my way of operating. So. Um, so I want to read to you what I wrote. I wrote a piece called She Who Hears the Cries of the World. Uh, it's very vulnerable to read this on the radio, but I'm going to share it with you anyway because um, I'm excited about what I'm learning and well, I'm not really excited about it as much as I am moved by what I'm learning. So She Who Hears the Cries of the World, something I wrote just a few days ago. I hear the cries all the time. It's impossible to shut them out. The incessant wailing of a hungry baby at the airport that pierces my heart and brings me to tears every time. The brown, sandy surface of the mountains in Utah begging us to stop sucking the planet dry. The unspoken longing of the child inside another who just wants to be seen, held, loved, that I cannot ignore. Early in the game, I said yes to building my life around a response to these cries. Do something is the essence of their song. Mommy, do something. And mommy does. I've been learning about Guan Yin, the goddess of mercy and compassion. It seems I embody a great number of her qualities. Compassion, caring, listening and hearing, a special affinity for children, as well as the ability to see inside another and aid in the healing of illusions. The more I read about Guan Yin, the more resonance I feel in my heart. My sense of her and of myself is as a great mother who has come to work in support of the great mother, Mother Earth. It's a gift, a wonderful gift that I've been given. Would it be fair to say that I've chosen to cultivate it? No, more accurate to say that it chose me and that I was compelled to cooperate. People say the most profound things happen when they receive, receive this gift. It is wonderful to know I'm on purpose. When the conversations are coming to a close, I feel expanded, joyous, energized, alive. A win-win for all in that moment. The good feeling can last up to a few hours. The income has allowed me to create a home and a life for myself and my boys. A wondrous feat as a single mother, something I am so grateful for. 
So that's the first part of my story, She Who Hears the Cries of the World. If you've just joined us and you're wondering why it sounds like I'm reading something, it's because I am. I'm reading a story that I wrote, not a story, I'm reading a piece that I wrote, a reflection that I wrote last week. So let me continue. Uh, So I've talked about the gift and I've talked about all the good things that come from the embodiment of these qualities of caring and compassion and and, and mothering and wanting good things for everyone. And it's just a wonderful gift. But every gift has a dark side. Every gift has um, uh, something in in shadow. And so my reflection turns towards that now. One Buddhist legend says that the goddess Guan Yin vowed never to rest until she had freed all beings from samsara or reincarnation. Despite, I'm quoting now from something I read at Nations Online, despite strenuous effort, she realized that still many unhappy beings were yet to be saved. After struggling to comprehend the needs of so many, her head split into 11 pieces. Amitabha Buddha, seeing her plight, gave her eleven heads with which to hear the cries of the suffering. Upon hearing these cries and comprehending them, Guan Yin attempted to reach out to all those who needed aid, but found that her two arms shattered into pieces. Once more, Amitabha came to her aid and appointed her a thousand arms with which to aid the many. It's a terrible burden, this gift that I've been given. My 22 fascinated, tired eyes see the emails coming in, while a slow, bilious terror begins to burn inside my chest. My head feels like it will explode as I try to keep up up with the onslaught of demand. I fear I will be consumed and may even cease to exist if this continues. I am overwhelmed with their need, their grasping, their longing for me. In my perimenopausal state, it feels like I've been tasked with holding the very planet in my slippery womb all day without letting it fall where it would surely shatter and soak through the professional projection I've managed to maintain. It hurts, this gift. So, a bit dramatic there, and um, all true feeling. (laughs) Uh, It's the, the shadow side of this gift is that I often feel like I'm compelled to meet the need all the time. And I think that there's an illusion there for me to notice. So it's not a comfort. So I'll continue reading from my piece, She Who Hears the Cries of the World. It's not a comfortable conversation to have with any of my peers. Oh, I've created this profitable business out of doing what I love and offering my gifts, and people are asking for it all over the place. And by the way, I'm thinking of packing it in because I'm so very tired. Most of them would kill for what they think I have. I see the envious longing in their eyes after I've complained about my perceived success, and I sigh and begin all over again. How shameful of me to make them feel small. I shouldn't complain. I should be grateful. I must make them feel better. So there you have it, how I can tie myself up in knots with this feeling of purpose and this feeling of compulsion to always live that purpose for everybody else. Let me continue. We're almost at the end of this piece. Thank you for listening. I yearn for a reprieve from the low level of worry that accompanies this gift. If we are to make up for hurting another by caring for three, then I wonder what heinous crimes I committed in a past life that resulted in this need to care for the entire human race. Guan Yin offers me another possibility. Rather than seek to grow an extra 998 arms to meet the demand, 
It may be time to turn her and my gifts towards myself. Perhaps I've mistaken the remedy in here for a purpose out there. Maybe the only people I need to care for this time are my own inner children, my own parched landscape. Simple basic needs are what get compromised when I succumb to the grandiose illusions that I am the mother of the world, that it is all up to me, that I'm the only one, and that I I must do it all myself. Maybe that is the great joke here. Maybe that is the gift. And so it occurs to me when I read about Guan Yin that this compassion that she offers to all is not exclusive. It doesn't exclude her from offering it to herself. And that's really what I'm coming home to in this moment in my life, in this moment on the show, in this moment in writing and reflecting on this, is that the opportunity is here for me to to wrap a thousand arms around myself, to um, rather than having my head explode, is to actually begin by offering this loving kindness to me. And I don't think it's an either or. Sometimes I I think when we're thinking about these things, we tend to think of them as um, black or white or all or nothing. So I'm either offering all this loving kindness out there and then there's none left for me, or I turn it all upon myself and become completely selfish and self-absorbed and can't offer it to anybody else. I'm not advocating for either of those. What I'm talking about here and what I'm beginning to live into is is including us all, having the um, starting with myself and then knowing that because I'm filling myself with this loving kindness, because I'm taking care of myself, that I have the resources and the gifts to offer to others. And then being, quite frankly, a bit discerning about who I offer it to and how I offer it. I have people who call me all the time or or send me emails and say, oh, I know someone who would really like to meet you. Uh, You should talk to this person. Um, I think she's in the same, she or he is in the same path or on the same journey that you're on. Really would be great for the two of you to connect. And I generally say yes to all of those requests. And I, I love that. I love to speak with people and learn about what people are up to and share my story and hear their story and exchange information. That That's a wonderful thing. It builds community. It builds a sense of belonging. It builds a sense that we're not alone. And when I say yes to every request that comes, um, those are requests that take up time, time that I don't get um, a return from. So I get a return energetically for sure. And I totally acknowledge that. But there's a financial return that I need to get from expending my daytime energy as well. And that precludes me from getting that energy. So I'm, I'm learning that my, although I believe that there's an infinite amount of energy and there's an abundance of energy, I as a human being have some limits too. So this is, I don't know what to call it, but it's kind of like coming into balance, but it's a radical balance. When we talk about work-life balance or people are concerned that they have no balance, they often try and remedy it by going to the other extreme. I'm talking about finding something that's in the middle here that is very elusive, very challenging. Uh, Well, for me anyway, it is those things and um, could be very life-changing if I, uh, as I continue to to feel into it and find it. So I'm talking about things like, you know, saying... um, I'd be willing to speak to you 
if I knew that there was, you know, if I knew what we were going to be talking about, or if I thought that, you know, there was a chance that we were going to do something together, uh, or if I, you know, I, I need some sort of, um, discernment so that I'm not just reflexively saying yes to everything. The problem when, with me is that I think that because I am here to offer these gifts to the world that I have to offer them all the time. And the truth is I don't. Um, I don't have to offer it all the time. And so think about that for yourself. Think about the places, if you're like me, if you're the kind of person that gives and gives and gives and then feels a bit depleted and exhausted later. And I love the giving. I love it. That's the thing about it. It's It, it fills me. You heard me talk about how expanding it is, how expanded I feel in the moment and afterwards. But there's a cost to expending energy. And without the corresponding filling of my cup, it's hard to pour the cup out. I feel like I'm in a pattern of emptying my cup without refilling it properly. So think about it like a car. A car needs gas in order to run. And if you run that car down to the E, empty, when there's no gas left, you risk running out of gas in the middle of the street and then being stuck there. That's kind of like what happens to me over and over and over again. And I'm kind of tired of that and I'm kind of ready to be done with it. And so rather than um, backlash, rather than say, I'm not going to work with anybody anymore, I'm shutting down my business and finishing and I'm not going to do this anymore... I'm starting to look at, you know, where are the middle places now? What are the things I could do that would be loving and kind to myself that still um, enable me to be loving and kind with others? And loving kindness, by the way, does not mean not telling the truth or not being clear or not being firm. So it can be the kindest thing in the world to say no. I'm learning. (laughs) And that was not what I thought before. I thought that if you were loving and kind, you had to always say yes. So just look for the places in your own life where you could be kind to yourself and kind to another by actually refusing to engage, by saying, no, I won't do that, or no, not right now, or no, maybe later, or yes, let me get back to you on that. Um, I'll consider your request and get back to you. Giving yourself a bit of space a bit of kindness to yourself so that you can discern what is the best way forward here. So these are some of the things that I've been learning, sitting with, grappling with, and wanting to share with you. I feel like a bit of a broken record sometimes because I feel like there's a way in which I've been the voice of quiet or the voice of of um, of stopping, the voice of pausing, the voice of self-care. And it's not in our nature as a culture to value those things, although I think that that is shifting too. So as I continue to value that more in myself, I hope that I will see it reflected uh, in those around me and in, in some of you, because I think it's a very valuable thing to pause, take stock, and reflect. Speaking of pauses, we're going to take a break. When we come back, We'll talk about loving kindness, a radical offering. We'll bring it to a close in the next segment. But for now, let's take a break. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. 
Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shamin Sadiq, and our topic today is Loving Kindness, a Radical Offering. Before we jump back into our final bit of time together today, I want to remind you about some of the training that is coming up that I am teaching that you might want to avail yourselves of. I'm so happy to be teaching the Leadership Circle Profile Certification. You've heard me talk about this in the past. You've heard our CEO, Bill Adams, talking about um, heartfelt and conscious consulting. And the Leadership Circle Profile is really the entry point into that community and that body of work and that way of working, uh, at least from um, my perspective. There are other entry points, I'm sure, into heartfelt and conscious work. Many, many. This is just one of them. So if you happen to be a executive coach or an HR professional or someone who works in OD or learning and development, anyone who really supports the development of leaders, you will enjoy this. This training is a certification in three instruments that measure leadership effectiveness. Two of them at the individual level and one of them at the group level. So it's called the Leadership Circle and the, uh, the organization is the Leadership Circle. So go to theleadershipcircle.com to learn more. And the certification is in the Leadership Circle profile, which is, um, a model and a framework for leadership development that I have found to be very impactful in my own life and also in my work with leaders. So I'm very passionate about it. Um, even if the instrument isn't something that you end up using, the frameworks and the models are invaluable and they are what is the basis for all of the work that I do currently. So I'm teaching in 2015, two more dates in September, September 9th to 11th. I'm teaching in the Washington DC area and September 30th to October 2nd, I'm teaching in Denver. So if you can get yourself to either of those locations, uh, come and be with me for three days and learn how to use this powerful framework and instrument with your clients. If you are not in those areas and you're interested in that training, go check out the website, theleadershipcircle.com. And 
Look for dates and locations elsewhere. We offer this all over the world. So wherever you are, you could probably get to a training that isn't too far away. So I encourage you to check it out. And as well, uh, go to my website, AnjaliLeadership.com. If you're interested in what I've been saying here and you think that your organization could um, benefit from the work that I do with leaders to make them more effective, to guide them to more effectiveness, to improved business performance, and also to a deeper understanding of who you are, why you're here, what your gifts are, and how to offer them with ease and elegance and grace. If that's what you're interested in, go to ANJ. A-L-I-Leadership.com and read, learn, learn about what I'm up to. I, I talk about my philosophy there. I talk about it here on the show. It's pretty easy to, to know what I'm up to and what I stand for. If you are interested, then fill out the needs assessment on my website. There's a, a widget and it says, let's get started. And you click on that and it takes you to a needs assessment where you can tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you. And then I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to explore whether it is uh, appropriate and useful for us to work together. Who do I work with? Uh, mostly I work with two, well, there are three groups of people that I work with. Uh, two of them will be of most interest to most of my listeners. One is I work with senior leaders in organizations. Uh, do I work in any particular industry? No, I found that my work really cuts across um, subject matter expertise and gets to the heart of the matter. It's really about becoming a more effective leader so that you can create the results that you want to create uh, and do so with more ease. Uh, I also work with coaches. So any of you who are in the business of working with humans to foster their development and their growth, I mentor and coach you, the coaches. Uh, it's a big passion of mine is to help us as a profession to develop and grow into being more powerful and more impactful with our clients. And everything that I share here about myself and my journey has, has aided me in that, in that work with leaders. So I, I love to share and offer that with coaches and many of you are my clients. So those are the two main groups of people that I work with. And then I also work with kids. And that's a group that I really love working with. Um, that's more school-based. There is a school that I'm currently working with, and we do a program called Power Circles with kids. And this is about helping kids to become resilient. It's really about resilience and leadership and empowerment. So those three things, and we do that over the school year. I go and spend time with the kids on a regular basis, but once a month. If that's something that interests you or you have a school or know of a school where that might be of interest, again, go to anjaliLeadership.com and uh, again, fill out that needs assessment. Let me know what you think um, the need is and how I could be of service. And then we'll get on the phone together and, and talk about how I might be able to help you. I have a team as well. I've mentioned that a few times over the last few weeks. I've been working, um, learning more about um, not having to be the only one and not being the only one. I have a wonderful colleague called uh, named named Kat Hay, who is uh, one of the best coaches I know out there. And she is currently my main uh, Team Anjali member other than myself. Uh, and then I have Jamie, my assistant, and she is awesome too. And then we have a few others who are part of our team. So don't worry if you've got a large number of people to work with, we can definitely meet your needs. 
Okay, so uh, enough promotion. Let's go back to the topic at hand, loving kindness, a radical offering. I've been sharing my journey. I've been sharing my learning. Um, I'm a work in progress and have not got this licked for sure, not yet. And my main um, focus these days is on myself. So I was telling you that I went to myself, not in a selfish way, but in a offering compassion and loving kindness to myself kind of way. So I told you I went to a class last week. It was at the University of Toronto, and it was a creative writing and meditation class. And normally when I go to a class, um, well, normally when I go to a class, I'm the teacher. So it's lovely to not be the teacher. It's wonderful to be a participant um, and not have to be in the role of leader or teacher. And I had a wonderful teacher in that class who just embodies the role beautifully. So it was just a delight and a pleasure to be a student and to be a learner. And I think we're always learning whether we're teaching in the role of teacher or not, but just to be in in the role of learner, um, immersed in that role was wonderful. To give myself that gift for five days was just a real treat. And what I noticed was that I didn't have to make friends with everybody in the class either. So I think I'm in a bit of a chapter called I'm here for me, which is unusual. I'm usually here for everybody else. So it wasn't that I didn't make friends. It wasn't that I was unfriendly or rude or harsh. Um, It was more like I decided that these five days were for me. I enjoyed the presence of the others in the class. I was moved to tears by some of what they said and wrote and reflected upon but I didn't feel the need to become friends with everyone, to hang out with everyone, to you know, share my email address with everybody at the end. It's just a very different feeling for me to do it that way. So one of the things that came to me while I was there was this invitation to learn more about Guan Yin. It came from my teacher in the class. And she had talked to me about um, uh, loving kindness and compassion, and she had pointed me to this goddess. So it turns out I have a lot of references um, in my home that I didn't even realize I had. One is a deck of cards called Goddess Guidance Oracle Cards. So you've heard me use the cards before on the show, and I realized that in this goddess deck, one of the goddesses is Guan Yin. And in the deck, she's called Quan Yin, but anyway... Uh, and a beautiful picture of a goddess sitting in a lotus with the light shining behind her. She's wearing sort of white, but the lotus is pink, and she's holding a lotus in her hands. So there's a little bit of a write-up in the booklet that comes with this, and I thought I'd read it to you. So if you if you are um, curious about Guan Yin, here's what this book says. It says, uh, gentleness is the strength behind true power, and it comes from feeding yourself with nourishing words, thoughts, deeds, intentions, and all forms of food. Now, that in itself is radical. How many of you have fed yourself with harshness, self-punishment, judgment, driving, striving? I mean, that's the diet I've been living on these past few years. And um, what she says here is gentleness is the strength behind true power. So I mentioned that I've been a bit embarrassed to be the voice of quiet, to be calling for quiet, to be calling for self-love. And yet here I'm learning that it's the strength behind true power. And so to nourish ourselves with, with good things, nourishing words, good intentions. Shield yourself 
from harshness by placing an intention to attract only kind and gentle life lessons and relationships. You know, I watched the teacher in this class last week offer just um, kindness, but firmness, like not fierceness, but a firm certainty that she was grounded and there, present. And so people could bring the most difficult things into the conversation, and they would be held with this kindness that was inspirational for me, very inspiring for me. I'm good at being fierce, and I'm good at being loving, but to just be sort of chargeless and kind is not passive, um, very strong. So something for me to, um, to think about and be inspired by as I go forward. Anyway, trans- I'll continue reading here. Transform harshness into gentleness by refusing to see anything but the shining light that would sit- that's within each person and situation. This intention begins with your relationship with yourself. Oh my gosh, a message for me for sure. Be very gentle with yourself in all ways. You know, I never understood what that meant. I always felt like that was some really wimpy thing to be gentle with yourself. But now I'm learning that it's actually, first of all, enormously courageous to be gentle with yourself and very powerful. Be happy, be kind, be sweet, but most of all, be true to you. Uh, A little bit more about Guan Yin. The Eastern goddess Guan Yin hears all prayers and is the essence of purity, nurturing love, and gentle power. Kuan Yin is a bodhisattva, meaning that she's eligible for Buddhahood, yet she has vowed to stay near earth until all beings are enlightened. This youthful and beautiful goddess helps us feel compassion and mercy towards ourselves and others. She's also protectress of women and children and awakens musical interests and abilities as well as psychic clairvoyance. So for me, the the way I think about her is... um, I think about the ways, the qualities of Guan Yin that I know that I have in me. I think about directing them to myself. I think about shining the light on illusions. And this is how I work with you, is I invite you to look at the deeper stories that you tell yourself about yourself. And I'm looking at those stories within myself. And some of the things I've told myself have not been so helpful. I've told myself I'm not enough. I've told myself I'm only good enough if I'm perfect. I've told myself that I have to make everybody else happy. These are not helpful things for me to continue to tell myself. And I invite you to think about what you tell yourself that is not no longer helpful for you. It's a hard thing to confront these things in ourselves. Much easier to work with others on them. Much harder to face them in ourselves. Because to face that means I have to be willing to consider the possibility that it's not my job to make everybody happy, that it's not my job to help everyone, that I can be merciful and compassionate and loving and kind, and I don't have to do it all the time, and I don't have to do it every time, and I can do it with myself, and that if I'm not helpful to someone, if I choose to... um not take that phone call or not say yes to that request, it doesn't mean I'm being mean. That's the middle place here. It's the place between harshness and meanness and uh, complying or pleasing to find the middle ground where I can be compassionate and loving 
and not have to give my energy away every time, where I can be compassionate and loving with myself first and let that fill me so that I have some compassion and energy to offer to others, but not to do it in a way that empties me, leaves me exhausted, and then requires that I take, you know, three or four days off just to replenish my stores. Oh, the journey of being human. Fun, fun, fun. So I invite you to consider what this, how this is helpful for you. How was this conversation helpful for you? What did you learn about yourself? What insights did you gain from thinking about compassion and offering compassion and loving kindness to yourself? I hope that our time together has been helpful to you. This is another way in which I offer this loving kindness is to share what I'm learning um, and also to share what others are learning. So never fear. There will be guests on Stories from the Heart of Leadership again. Um, expect to hear some interesting people in the near future. And in the meantime, expect to hear from me. I am so delighted to have this venue to share my my uh, learnings, to share what I'm grappling with, to share the challenges of being human, of coming home to who I really am with you so that you can um, know that if you're facing any of these things, if any of what I'm saying is resonating with you, to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one who's having this experience and that there is a way through and we'll find it together. And we'll be here for each other and we'll create a community. Even if we never speak to each other in person, Um, We have each other to count on and to know that we're not the only ones facing whatever it is we're facing. And so with that, I will say goodbye for this week. I will look forward to next time. I wish you all the best and thank you so much for listening. Take good care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week, and remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.